I get my hair cut correct like Anthony Mason, then I ride the IRT right up to Penn Station. Oh, here goes. And welcome to episode 49 of Throwback Hoops. Woody V is in the house. Please do follow the show on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. You would have just heard me spit some bars from the Beastie Boys 1994 record, B-Boys Making the Freak Freak, where they reference the OG Anthony Mason. And as always, I'm joined by my main man, Robbie Clayton. Rest in peace to Anthony Mason, right, brother? Subwoods, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, was a big fan of Mace and a big fan still of the Beastie Boys. So, yeah, happy to be here for another week. Great to have you, man. Um, we also have a very special guest today. He's currently a reporter on ESPN. You'll see him on the jump alongside Andrew Gaze and Leonard Copeland. You would have heard him on the ESPN Australia podcast or, or Ball in the Real World. As you may know it, he's also the host of Locked on Bucks. He was also a beat writer for the Bucks previously. He has done freelance work for the NBA Australia, NBA Canada, and NBA India. He has gone from humble beginnings, working the graveyard shift at an oil refinery to the big time. Kane Pittman is in the building. Welcome to Throwback Hoops, my brother. Uh, it's good to be here. That's, uh, that is quite the intro. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, we, we, we kind of, uh, you know, this is Brad Rosen and all the great intros he gave, you know, and not a bad body podcast, so we took inspiration from him, man. But, you know, you've done a lot and uh, you've given so much back to the game, uh, both abroad here in Australia. So we had to welcome you with uh, open arms. You know what I'm saying? No, no, it's good stuff. And I, I will say this. You guys did mention that I should probably, you didn't say I had to do it, but you just suggested that I could wear a jersey if I wanted. I don't have a single scrap of basketball merchandise in my house i've got you know posters and stuff behind me here uh in my room that i'm set up but uh no gear which is pretty sad i guess isn't it well kane you know at least you've got something and in the background there you do have a few nice things so why don't you tell us a little bit about what's there right behind you yeah so i i do host locked on bucks so i try and have some buck stuff uh behind me there there is a there's a frame up the top it looks like Giannis. Uh, he's got the finals mvp the the larry o'brien trophy there as well and then there's a there's a print. I actually got this print off a, I should know, it would have been good to actually shout out the artist, but it was a sort of an independent artist that did these basketball prints. So this is Giannis dunking over Chris Paul in the finals, uh, finishing the, the alley-oop from Drew Holiday uh, in yep. game five in Phoenix. That really um, changed the finals in, in 2021. So I thought it was a pretty cool print there. And then just a bunch of different bobbleheads and stuff there. So uh, that's that's honestly that that's like my little basketball shrine, but that's all I've got. So I could probably, I could probably give it a bit more work. Hey man, at least you came 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 with something, man, and a story to tell. So you know, Robbie loves bobblehead. So you know, we'll, I'm sure he'll be showing you one a little bit later. In fact, why don't we jump over to you, you Robbie, man? What what you got for us today, brother? Sounds good. Yeah. Well, I thought in Kane's honour, obviously, I might do a bit of a Bucks double today. So, um, look, hanging behind me is a guy I've sort of mentioned on the show a couple of times. So it's going back a little bit to the early 90s. So it's none other than Theodore Blue Edwards uh, with his champion jersey there. So um, just wanted to tell you a little bit about Blue. Um, so he was drafted at pick 21 in the 1989 draft by Utah out of East Carolina. He went on to have a 10-year career playing with Utah, Milwaukee, Boston, Vancouver and Miami before ending up overseas for a couple of seasons in Greece. Um, had a couple of uh, game winners in his career. Um, he also was a part of the inaugural Grizzlies team and got the first ever triple-double in their franchise. Um, also took part in the 91 dunk comp. Um, 
His nickname is Blue. We've sort of mentioned this on the show, but it was after yep. a family member saw him choking as a baby and his face was turning blue. So he basically got the nickname Blue after that and sort of stuck with him there. So um, actually had his best career season with the Bucks, I think, in 93, where he was averaging close to 17 points a game. Um, interesting, if you want to do a bit of a uh, bit of homework on this guy for the, the listeners there, um, sort of Google him. Apparently there was a, a crazy custody case going on with Blue Edwards there and they eventually made it into a telly movie. Um, which is interesting. So I can't say I've seen that movie, but it was when he was playing in Vancouver and he had a relationship with someone in Canada then went back to America and there's this whole big custody battle that went through the courts there. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, look, I'll quickly stand up and show you the one I'm wearing today. It's a bit of a kind of a retro box. So I really like this jersey as well, and I'll just tell you a little bit about who I'm wearing. So for all our listeners that, that can't see, Robbie's got the box, Brandon Jennings jersey on. Nice jersey, Robbie. I know that was someone you liked back in the day there, Woods. Hell um, yeah. So look a little bit about. So it's a Brandon Jennings Adidas Hardwood Classics jersey. Um, look, Jennings had a bit of a short-lived eight-year career in the NBA after getting drafted by the Bucks at pick 10 in the 2009 draft out of straight out of high school, or actually overseas first. Um, so Jennings played with the Bucks for four seasons before he actually bounced around the league, playing with Detroit, Orlando, New York, and Washington. Um, amazingly, still only 33, yet he hasn't played professionally in over four years, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. His accolades are all-rookie first team in 2010. He had a career-high of 55 points with the Bucks in 2009 against Golden State. Um, he was also the first one of the American players to actually skip college and play a season overseas where he played in Italy in 2008. So a bit of a fun fact about Jennings, he was actually part of the 2003 trade with Detroit that saw Chris Middleton come back to Milwaukee. So I think the Bucks did pretty well there. And obviously nine years later, Chris Middleton's still a very handy player. So um, look, Woods, I don't have a Blue Edwards or a Brandon Jennings bobblehead. So I do apologize about that, but I do have a pretty cool Bucks one that I thought um, Kay might like in particular. I've got to say, this is one of my favorite bobbleheads here. So we've got the Ray Allen, Bobblehead there. So actually the likeness is pretty good. You know, some of them are kind of that generic sort of guy. So Ray Allen there, he's standing on the, the Pepsi and the Mountain Dew there. So yeah, that's my bit of a, a tribute to the Bucks this week. What about yourself, Woods? I can see you rocking a Bucks jersey. Who you got there? Yeah, man, I'll just stand up. Why don't you take the audience through it from one southpaw to another, right? Hmm. Right, yeah. Another another lefty and yeah, Michael Red. Great player for the Bucks there, another high scoring player as well. Played um, a little bit on the U.S. teams as well. But, yeah, what can you tell us about uh, Mr. Red? Man, I always called him, you know, the left-handed Peja Stajakovic, you know, with that release, right? You know, similar sort of shooting style. I mean, you talk about second-round draft picks that were successful. You know, you think of Alex English, Nikola Jokic. Uh, you think of Dennis Rodman, Chris Middleton, who you just mentioned. Nick Van Exel, Manu Ginobili, but people don't talk about Michael Red that, that much, man. You know, if it wasn't for injuries, he would have gone on to, you know, He's, he, I think he's in his early 40s now, right? Um, and yeah. injuries ruined his career. But that little stretch he went through, 2004, 5, 6, I think it was 23 points, 25.4, 26.7. You know, he made the All-Star team uh, once uh, from memory, I think 2004, that's right, yeah. Uh, career average of 19 points a game, uh, represented the United States, uh, won a gold medal in, in Beijing in 2008. Um, so yeah, someone we don't speak about much, but uh, really enjoyed the way he played, and his game would have translated well to the you know the way the games play today. I think so. Yeah, very solid player. You're right, though. You don't really hear his name mentioned a lot now, do you? But um, what was your take on Michael Red there, Kane, back in the day? Well, the team stunk, so that's why you didn't hear much about him because he was mm. putting up a lot of points on a team that no one watched. So <laughs> yeah, a couple of ACL 
injuries for Michael Red really cut him down uh, in his prime. He went to Phoenix for a little bit. The Phoenix yep. medical staff have fixed, uh, certainly back in those times, fixed a, a couple of players Great that help. were injury-prone, injury exactly right. And so I think the thought was that he could go to Phoenix and hopefully revive his career, but it just never really happened. So, um, yeah, in his prime, he was a... He was a scorer. I believe he still has the franchise record for points in a, in a single game for the Bucks. I know Giannis has gotten very, very, very close a couple of times. I'm not sure whether he topped it. I probably should know, but I don't. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, well, thanks, guys, for Kane for your stories on your memorabilia and also, Robbie, for your jerseys and bobbleheads. Hey, while, while you got a bobblehead, I thought I might as well bring one out too, right? Doesn't look anything like him, but that does we got not Andrew look Bergen like Bogan at all, does it? Yeah, no, that's Is that the um, same one as you. Yeah, I was thought I thought I had the same one, but I don't. I've actually so I've got that bobblehead. Yeah, so I, I was living, and we'll probably get into it. But I was living in Milwaukee when COVID started going crazy, so I moved back to Australia. Um, and I'm, I think that Bogut bobblehead was one of the casualties. I think it's still in Milwaukee in a box somewhere. So, but uh, I do have that one. That was one of the stadium giveaway ones, I think, from memory. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Before uh, anything else, um, I wanted to say like. It's really nice to have you on the show, and obviously you're very busy and you've got a lot of things going on, so for you to make the time means a lot. Um, thanks a lot, Kane. Um, and as we like to say on the show, you ready to chop it up, man? Absolutely. Let's do it. Awesome. So I wanted to ask you about how it all started, Kane. Uh, from a young age, you were a Buck super fan, and I've read that you know, a lot of your friends gave you that little initial push to say, hey, man, take this passion and do something about it, right? When do you decide that this is something that you may actually be able to make a career out of? Uh, very late, uh, I would say, in, in, my, in terms of what age I was when I decided to do it. I was sort of 26 or 27, so it was only a few years ago. I'm still pretty new in all this, but uh, yeah, I was just a, an NBA fan previously before I started to do any writing and those types of things. Um, and I always played footy. I, so up until I was about 24, I'm a huge footy fan as well. I'm from Geelong. And so I always played footy. And then I just kept on getting hurt. So I had three, I tore my ACL three times myself. So I had three knee reconstructions and decided that, you know, I, I don't think that I need to continue putting my body through this to play local footy. And then a couple of years after I stopped playing, I realized I was just really bored with my career. And I was like, gee, I really need to be involved in sport uh, in some kind of way. So I started to to dabble a little bit in the basketball side of things. And my, my thought process there was I could have done footy and tried to dig my way into footy media. But if you're trying to do that in Melbourne, you've got no hope at that age of doing it. So I was like, well, basketball is kind of niche. I don't think that there's that many people that are doing it here in Australia at the time. Anyway, it's certainly grown over the last five years that I've been doing it. Uh, but that was my thought process. And yeah, you're right. A few people were like, why don't you just give it a go? Why don't you try writing? I got a lot of help from um, some people that were good to me and then uh, decided I'd pack my stuff and move over to the US and see what's up. Yeah, thanks, Ken. Well, that's a pretty pretty good segue because, I mean, what really set the wheels in motion for you to eventually move to Milwaukee, correct me if I'm wrong, was that opportunity you got doing work with the pick and roll, right? Yeah, so the pick and roll is awesome. It's a, it's a great yeah. website. They cover... NBA, NBL, WNBL, WNBA, the college, the, the now hundreds of Australians that are overseas playing college basketball that 
you know, I haven't even heard of. The pick and roll is absolutely all over them. They do just an outstanding job. And so I started, as I said, I had no writing experience. So I started doing some stuff uh, for the pick and roll and Kane over at the pick and roll, the editor, just yep. continually spent hours and hours of time with me, basically with my writing going through, you know, I think you should like work on this, have a look at this, think about this. And that was honestly, I mean, he is really the one that they like, picked apart my writing because let's be honest, it was awful at the start because I've never done it before. I'm not saying it's great now, but it was definitely awful at the start. And so he, honestly, the time he spent with me um, gave me the idea that, hey, maybe this is worth something, uh, uh, worth giving this a shot. And then I went to the US for a short trip during basketball season and, and the pick and roll was able to help me get media passes for those games. So I was able to cover NBA games for the first time, be in the locker room, go to practice, talk to the players, talk to the coaches. And then from that point on, once I sort of had that first little taste, I was like, okay, yeah, I didn't think it was actually going to happen or be a career, but in my head, I was like, yeah, yeah if, if you could do this and you're just watching NBA games and interviewing you know, some of the best athletes in the world. Yeah, that's something that I want to try and chase. That's brilliant. Now, you, you spoke about Kane being that mentor early in life for you. I mean, you had a few other mentors, I've heard, that actually helped you along your journey. Do you want to speak a little bit about some of the other guys that uh, lent you a helping hand uh, to get you where you are today? Uh, in terms of the career, the basketball career? So, Correct, yeah. Yeah, moving to to Milwaukee, uh, and so I essentially, after I had that first experience of covering a few games, there was conversations that I had with, you know, Kane, people at the pick and roll, like, okay, what's the next step? Like, do you really want to uh, try and do this? And so it was suggested to me that, you know, you can go over there. There's this thing you can do. You can have a foreign media visa so you can work you know, for Australia, for, in, for Australian companies. You can't make any money in the US, but you work for Australian companies, basically freelance. So I had to make the decision, do I quit my career as a tradie at the time? I'd been working as a tradesman for, you know, eight or nine years, earning good money. And like I had a career and I had to make a decision at 27. Do I want to quit this career, move to the US to really, in my head, chase something that seemed pretty unrealistic and just go to NBA games for a year, basically make no money, but see if you can make something happen. So that was the decision I had to make. I was fortunate that, I knew I had friends in Milwaukee already. I had been and covered Milwaukee games before. So I, I knew you know, people within the Milwaukee Bucks in terms of the PR team and Dan Smichek is, is you know, someone that, that I'll you know, always be thankful for, for giving me a chance to go to the game. So essentially what I did for that first year was I went to almost every Bucks game. I did some travel as well. I didn't go to every road game, but I did travel as well, paid my own way to all these games made no money but i was getting experience writing and i was writing for the pick and roll i was selling some stuff to the espn i was selling some stuff to the herald sun and making just like scraps of money here or there but i was getting experience in in different ways from writing doing podcasts doing little radio things so uh it was essentially it was almost like i was doing a, a unpaid internship but i was doing it in the nba with the milwaukee bucks with the team almost every single day so in terms of experience and understanding what it's all about, uh, it couldn't have been any better. But yeah, there was definitely guys like my boss right now, Stuart Randall at ESPN, uh, Neil 
was an editor at the time with ESPN. So Stuart and Neil, the amount of emails I sent them with story ideas and this and that. And uh, yeah, they had every right to just tell me to to piss off and, and, and never speak to them again, but they didn't do that. So I was fortunate. I met a bunch of people that were supportive and helpful. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I mean, it, it must be really, must be a really good feeling you know, all the hardships you went through, struggle to get, get where you are today. You know, you made that sacrifice, made that decision to give up a, a you know, a good career, you know, a job that paid well to take the plunge and do this, to be where you are now. Um, so fair play to you, man. And congratulations. Um, well done. Yeah, we're still figuring it out. Uh, it's, it's still, you know, like I understand why people don't do it because like if you're yep. 27 and you're like, okay, now I'm making no money. What am I doing with my life? I'm watching the NBA and this is really cool, but what am I going to do when the money runs out in a year or whatever? So I never, you know, yeah, it was a bit of a grind, but I was also at NBA games every day, you know, like I was, I was it was a, it was a fun thing to do and I was totally prepared if it didn't work out that I'd go back to my old career and, um, it wouldn't have been fun, but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it. But I was I was lucky for sure as well. There's no doubt. Okay, being a Geelong boy, what was it like to live in Milwaukee as an actual city? Uh, honestly, pretty similar. I mean, obviously the climate's different. It's freezing in in winter. No mm. doubt about that. So the winters are long. It's dark. It's cold. It's snowing. All those types of things. But it's pretty similar. It's a low key town. You can get around wherever you need to go. Not much traffic. All those types of things. Um, so, you know, being from Geelong, it, it honestly felt kind of similar. Uh, and then if you wanted to go to the big city, so if people don't know, so it's about 90 minutes, you can jump on the train and you're in Chicago. So it was also similar living in Geelong and jumping on the train and coming to Melbourne. So yeah, I, I, I felt like I fit in pretty, pretty easily, even if I will say, I think a, a high percentage of the locals in Milwaukee didn't know what the heck was going on when I spoke, when they realized I was from Australia, because I don't think they come across too many Australians, that's for sure. Yeah, so what I would ask you then, Kane, is another you know young kid who has aspirations, you know, watching NBA games and has a regular day job that's thinking about, you know, going down this route. What, would you, what, what advice would you give them? Yeah, so again, I was fortunate because of the, the job I had previously. So I, all I would say is that you have to have a plan of, of what you're trying to do. So for me, I moved to Milwaukee and a big part of reason, the reason why I thought Milwaukee was a place to go to was because uh, they had two Australians on the team at the time. They had uh, Daly, they had Thon Maker. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to go to the US and I, and I want to try and sell some stories or write some cool stories, they probably have to be about Australians. So that made yep. sense for me to go there. But just on the work front, I would say that... Uh, the biggest point is that fake advice when people give you advice. So Kane, for me, the pick and roll was the big one. You you have to take criticism on board, you know, want to learn and all those types of things. Uh, and I think you, you can do you can do some cool stuff. So I've never thought. I still don't think that you know I'm asking people every day about my writing, like not what's good about it, but like what's bad about it. Or if we do TV stuff, like what did I do wrong? So you have to be able to learn. And if you've got a good attitude and you, you work hard, you can do some cool stuff. But again, I, I find it hard to give people advice because sometimes people are like, well, I want to do what you did. And I'm like, yeah, I think it was, yeah, I, I do think that there's a fair amount of luck involved. So it's hard for me to 
tell someone to yeah quit your job and just move to the US and see see what happens it's um yeah it was kind of a crazy thing that it all worked out sure you took a big Probably almost, it's almost like an NBA player isn't it sometimes it's a lot of you know the right place at the right time and you know getting in the right sort of circumstance and everything else like that so I uh, appreciate that. And I wanted to maybe sort of just fast forward a little bit uh, now to the jump cane. Obviously, you know, Woods and I love watching that each week. Um, yeah, just wanted to see what it was like or what it is like working alongside two of these greats of Australian basketball and Leonard Copeland and Gazy. I've got Gazy in the background with one of his, what is it, $39 Gaze shoes from Big W, as he mentioned last night. But, um, yeah, what's that like doing that? And how do you sort of prepare for the show on that sort of Wednesday? What's take us through sort of what goes goes ahead with that? Yeah, the first part is crazy. uh just hanging out with those guys uh, every week. I'd never met Gazy or Copes uh, before last year uh, when we started doing the show. So the first time I met them was showing up to the studio to do the first show. So yeah, I was, I was kind of like, wasn't sure what to expect. You're, you're like a little bit anxious because most importantly for me as someone that never played any type of level of basketball is you just don't want to seem like a dumbass to these people that have been in it for their entire career. Like you want to over time build some sort of credibility. And that's like the biggest part of the job for me. If you, if you've never played, you're not telling these people what's up, but you can ask them about their experiences and ultimately learn from them. So I've been really fortunate that those two guys in terms of people that you can get along with are just you know unbelievable. I mean, they're, they're so nice that they're willing to help all the time. So um, it's not always the case, but those two are awesome. So now it's just fun. Now it's like my favorite time of the week. I go into the studio Wednesday night. We're there for a few hours before the show. We're literally just joking and laughing for the whole two hours before the show. We do the show and we say, all right, we'll catch you next week. I see those guys at the NBL arenas over the weekend. So, um, yeah, every week, uh, I think it's just really, it's it's not going to get old for me. It's going to be cool as long as we do it, I think. Because um, as you said, yeah, when I was first watching NBL, along with a lot of people, those were the two guys. Like those were literally the, the the two guys, and there was obviously other stars. But you know, living in Melbourne or living in July yeah. and watching the Tigers, those were the two guys that everyone loved and everyone yeah. wanted to watch watch play. So yeah, to be able to hang out with them, uh, as I said, I don't think it'll ever get old. We had Gazy on an earlier episode, and obviously he was a bit of a you know a childhood idol for for Woody and myself. Yeah. And look, we kind of expected he'd be a nice bloke. He comes across like that, but he was just so like friendly, so nice to deal yeah. with. And I think that comes across on the show. I mean, him and Copeland are, are hilarious, aren't they? With the way they hang crap on each other the whole time. But no, that's really good. So yeah, certainly encourage anyone, and you know, hopefully everyone is watching that. But if you're not, certainly tune in eight thirty on Wednesday nights for sure. You can really see the rapport between the four of you on screen and how it's developed over the last year, right? Like, you know, you can see you're comfortable with each other. You bounce off each other. So it's, it's yeah, it's one of our favorite times of the week as well. So yeah, I should, I should mention, I should mention, uh, you mentioned the four of us. So I should mention Nat Edwards as well, who yeah, is, uh, I mean, geez, I honestly couldn't imagine a nicer person while we're talking about people that are, that are just good, good humans. Um, that's, this is another step. So you do the writing do the podcast like this, which is totally fine. You're a little bit loose. You can like talk about whatever you want. You can have yeah. a laugh and that kind of stuff. And then you do on TV and it's like completely different. And yeah, I was incredibly stressed to the point where the first time, the night before we did the first episode of the jump, I was like calling people, and I, calling the people at the show. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like, I don't really know. Like, I, I don't really know like what I'm supposed to be doing. I've never done it before. So I actually tried to quit the night before the show and they're like, no, show up. It'll be fine. And then, yeah, you have Nat, you have Gaze, you have Copes. They make you feel welcome 
and they've done it so much, uh, so many times. So it becomes easy, and then you then you get used to it. But yeah, Nat's a Nat's a star. Yeah, she's great. Hey, KP man, you were just like special an- analyst Kane Pittman last season on the show. So you're obviously doing something right because now now you got a full seat at the at the table, brother. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it might be just uh, they need someone to to calm down Copes and Gazy. I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> Uh, it's great, man. Um, all right, so thanks for that, Kane. Really appreciate it. I think let's uh, get in a little bit of basketball talk now, guys. So I want to bring up the uh, WNBA season opener yesterday. So for those of you who did catch it, I think uh, obviously the show was on Kane, but the Boomers are off to a good start. The WNBL, they uh, won, won against Perth yesterday, 104-88, and what was the repeat of the grand finals uh, last year. So maybe I'll throw to you, Robbie, first. Did you get a chance to watch some of it or...? Yeah, I did. Um, it was good. It actually started at 9.30, so it started after after the jump ended, so it didn't sort of clash with that. But, no, I enjoyed the game. Um, look, I think the Boomers are really impressive, weren't they? Tiffany Mitchell, wow. I mean, I think she had 32 points, nine assists and four steals. Um, and, obviously, Sammy Wickham went for 30 as well. So both of those players were really impressive. Um, probably my initial thoughts. I'm probably a little bit disappointed with the crowd, if I'm being honest. I thought that might have maybe translated from the, you know, the... World Cups of the success and the viewership for that. But look, it was a, a Wednesday night in Perth, so maybe it's not the, the ideal night for, for basketball there. But um, yeah, look, initial take was I think the Boomers are going to be really hard to, to beat again this year. I mean, you've got Wallace, George, Mitchell, Nelson Agoda there. So they they certainly might be one of the teams to beat there. But yeah, what did you guys think of it? Hey. Yeah, I caught a little bit of it. As you said, I was getting back um, from this year. We had it on, you know, as we left. Uh, the first thing I will say, you mentioned the crowds and we'll see we'll see how they they pan out this is obviously a grand final rematch but i think you know the idea of having the wednesday games and every week being able to be on espn hopefully um it becomes a bit of a tv event mm-hmm. uh, for basketball fans as well because i was fortunate to be at the women's world cup and and every opals game and the crowds and just straight up the quality of the basketball I agree with you. I think the momentum will carry into the WNBL uh, this season. And, yeah, I saw the stretches that I did see. It looked like Sammy Whitcomb was going absolutely berserk. She had a huge campaign, obviously, with the Opals. And everyone talks about the scoring and everything else that she did. But I would say in the World Cup, she spent more time on the deck than any other player as well. She is she is so tough. So I, I agree. I, I, think, I think the Boomers are going to be uh, yeah, thereabouts again this season. Yeah, and the Boomers lost Ezzy and Lindsay Allen, and they've just replaced them with uh, right. Olivia Nelson, Adoda, and Christy Wallace. So right. they haven't really missed a beat, right? So, um, and Sammy Whitcomb with a 30-piece last night, seven boards, and, um, you know, told Jacinta that we'll be watching as much as we can. So shout out to her from Shooting the Breeze and whatnot. So uh, anyone who can, tune in, listen to, listen to a game, watch a game. Yeah. Hey, Woods, I want to give you a little bit of a plug as well. So Woods found out today he's going to be calling some of the WNBL games for Clutch Radio this year. Um, so I'll be doing your first one tomorrow night. Is that right, Woods? Um, That's correct. The Capitals against uh, Bendigo, is it, I think? Bendigo Spirit, yep, 6.30 yeah, yeah. tomorrow. So nice. catch the game on KO, KO or listen to uh, the game on Clutch. So, yeah, no, awesome. definitely. Well done, well done. All right, thanks, guys. Um, maybe we'll move on to a little bit of uh, NBL talk. So I just thought I'd, I'd ask you guys are, uh, a couple of you know, talking points from, from the previous round that, that just went. So maybe I'll throw it to you, Robbie. Sure. Probably two things to me. I mean, look, I'll go on about um, my Wildcats in a little bit, but probably New Zealand for me, um, really impressive. Um, really liking what they're doing there. I think they have a really deep team. Um, 
their defense has just been amazing. They're really, you know, holding teams to low scores there. So, yeah, they've probably been the surprise to me. I mean, I, I don't know where we had them in our predictions at the start of the year, Woods, but it was probably in the bottom sort of maybe two or three, yeah. right? Uh, but look, I think they've recruited well. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Modi moyle has got them playing a good brand of basketball there. So that, that was probably the one that stood out for me. And obviously, they're, you know, on top of the ladder with quite a few home games on the way now as well. But probably the other thing that stood out was, yeah, my Wildcats, a little bit concerned about them now. Um, look, the Friday game against Southeast was was close. And, you know, if Blanchfield had been on target for that last one, they would have won. But, yeah, the game against um, United on Monday, they were pretty ordinary in that game. I think there's a few few questions about the imports there, as there has been for a couple of seasons now. So, look, I'm going to obviously stick by them. Of course, I will, but hopefully they can you know, turn things around um, tonight. So we should say at the time of recording, it's uh, Thursday, the 3rd of November. So the Wildcats are taking on the Jack Jumpers later tonight. So it should be a good game. But, um, yeah, that was probably my thoughts. Um, what did you guys think of the, of the round? Any, any thoughts there? Okay. Yeah, I was at the game on Monday night. So the Wildcats at this point, you know, offensively, so they they got problems defensively as well. But offensively at the moment, yeah, it's just Bryce Cotton or nothing in terms of scoring the ball. They haven't been able to find a consistent second contributor. And, you know, it's weird because the three seasons prior to this, they were ranked number one in offense, and you could always rely on a second star alongside Bryce Cotton. And uh, last year, obviously, it was Vic Law. But, you know, at this point on this roster, I'm just not sure if there is... A second star there so i don't know whether they're going to make a change i would love to see you know a bit of patience with brady manic although you know we are in a league that is a short season and how much patience can you have so i just want to see him do well i think it's tough to see a guy come straight out of college a rookie in the league and clearly have some early struggles so i hope that he can turn it around um, but I think on the perimeter, they need they need a second scorer. At the moment, Corey Webster's only averaging around eight points. Yeah. He hasn't been able to figure it out. So, yeah. and then they got the vets. They got Norton. They got Blanchfield. But they haven't had a had a hot start to the season either. So at the moment, just watching the game the other night, I was like, well, hopefully Bryce can do something. But uh, I'm not seeing anyone else uh, being able to get it done on the perimeter. Well, you mentioned Brady Manny coming straight out of college, his first professional gig, right? You saw a guy like John Mooney come straight out of college as well, you know, crashing the glass, doing all the X's and O's and contributing straight away. The thing about Manic is, you know, he's an outside shooter. He's an above average defender, uh, above average rebounder, but, uh, but his def- defensive prowess isn't, you know, his strong point, right? So what's he bringing to the team if he's not making his shots, right? You know, you, you, you want to bring someone there who can con- contribute um, on the scoreboard, as you said, right? And I think he's, what, seven points, four or five rebounds a game, shooting at about, you know, less sub 40%, you know? Is he doing enough? I was expecting enough? a little bit more yeah. athleticism from him, Woods, I've got to say. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting, you know, he's obviously sort of had some pretty big sort of highlight dunks playing in yeah. college and that, but yeah, just crash the boards and sort of give us some of that inside presence there. So, look, time will tell. I know, you know, I don't think they're going to make a move straight away. I think they want to give him a little bit of time and probably rightfully they should, but yeah, hopefully, you know, they can turn things around soon. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Melbourne United as well. Let's just bring them up really quickly. Um, I think a change is going to be on the cards pretty soon. Yes, they, they went to double overtime and, and, and beat beat the Hawks. Um, and then, obviously, the game we just spoke about uh, versus the Wildcats. But long term, you know, what are they going to do there? Is, is that move happening soon? Okay. Yeah. Who was the guy that asked that question in the press conference to, to be yeah. as well? I think yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah, that's it's who set who set up Dean. Yeah, I know. Oh. That's uh, a nasty journalist. But no, I yeah, the change is coming. I mean, Dean has said that. Yep. Uh, for Melbourne, they've been just trying to bank wins. So I didn't think they were impressive against Illawarra, but 
who cares? They yep. got the win because they think down the line that they're going to have, uh, you know, some some bodies come back. Jay Ely only played ten minutes or twelve minutes, I think it was on Monday against Perth. He had foul trouble, but you can see he's an L shooter, which his team needs. Yeah, and, and quite honestly, he's just a point guard, and this team really needs someone that can get into the offense quickly and keep things ticking along. Because if you looked at Melbourne last year, they weren't an offensive juggernaut, but they got forty minutes out of Shea Ely and Daly, so they always had someone that was initiating the offense and getting into it quickly, which I think has been a problem. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. And um, finally, Craig Randall, right? Let's talk about him quickly. He reminds me a little bit of Julius Hodge in Port that used to play for Adelaide back in the day. Great player, but seems like he may not get along with his teammates. Maybe a bit of uh, a locker room uh, cancer, let's say. Um, maybe I'm wrong in saying this. He's obviously come out in the media and, and hit back at people who have criticized him. But you can see in his body language, the way he's uh, interacting with CJ Bruden, that all isn't right there. Um, am I off base here, guys? I think he's still pretty young, you know, so he probably does, you know, wear his heart on his sleeve there and shows his emotions. But, yeah, look, I think maybe I think maybe people are being a little bit harsh on him, to be yeah. honest. Um, you know, they had a couple of bad games. He, he, you know, showed some maybe some bad body language in those games. But I'm sure it'll bounce back. I think he's out for, for tonight's game, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. expecting him back for that Wildcats game on Sunday. So he can sit out the Wildcats game if he wants to give us more of a chance. But, yeah, look, I, I think I'm prepared, prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt at the moment in terms of what he's like as a teammate. Yeah, it's always hard, you know, from the outside, yep. be the body language police. I always try to <laughs> stay away from that because it's you can you can read a lot into whatever you want to read into, but ultimately it only matters, you know, what these teammates think of him. Now, I think the thirty sixes have been pretty open that there's been some yep. some run ins, there's been some um some conflict early in the season, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, but you hope over the course of the season that starts to simmer down because ultimately the guy's leading the league in scoring. I saw him live for the first time on Sunday, the game against the Phoenix Phoenix, which was an awesome game as well. And watching him up close, I mean, the good and the bad. I mean, it's all must watch. I mean, he is like I couldn't keep my eyes off him in, in that game. It was pretty awesome to see. So yeah, I hope he stays in the league. Yeah, I, I hope it I hope it works out. Awesome. So maybe I'll just bring up the the round, Robbie, and you can uh, do your thing, man. Yeah, we'll just quickly go through these before we get on to a little bit of NBA talk. So, um, as I mentioned, it is that small that font there, Woods. I'm going to be um, um, sort of going a bit close to the screen, but yeah, the the round tips off tonight with a, a, a rare sort of double header on a Thursday night. So um, we've got Illawarra taking on Adelaide. So um, why don't you take us away with that one, Woods? What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, yeah, Adelaide to win tonight. Even Mitch McCarran's obviously going to have a little bit more of a role with. As you said, Randall out, but you know Illawarra is really struggling. So I mean, it, it'd be nice for them to. Why are they putting these games on on Thursdays and Mondays for Illawarra? They're struggling to get crowds as it is, right? So maybe put a game That's on a Friday, a, Saturday, or Sunday for them. What yeah, a Friday night game would sort of yeah. work well down there. But no, good call. Um, yeah. What do you think about that that second game tonight, Kane? The Wildcats and Tassie. We saw them play a few weeks ago, and Tassie just destroyed the Wildcats. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, my thoughts as someone who lives in Melbourne, it's starting too late, by the way. Mm, Your late yep. Thursday night, there's no doubt about that. But uh, look, the Wildcats have to show something. So they've been under the pump this week. Uh, they've lost four in a row. Uh, but don't forget, the Jack Jumpers were blown out by New Zealand on the weekend as well. And I would say the break, New Zealand breakers out Jack Jumper to Jack Jumpers. The defensive <laughs> stuff was awesome. They were able to hit some threes. So I probably like Tassie in that game. And as we've seen early in the season so far, actually backing the road team. Yeah, you'd probably be doing pretty well because yep. there's been a lot of road winners so far. So I, I I do like the Jack Jumpers. I think 
they're more reliable in terms of what you're going to expect on a nightly basis. Good call. Well, then we've got sort of the, the standalone game on Friday, I believe. So um, Cairns against Melbourne. So maybe I'll talk a little bit about that one. I can see that one being a pretty competitive game. Um, yep. Liking what I'm seeing from Cairns this year. Um, again, they probably seem to be a little bit better maybe on the road than they are at home. But um, yeah, I'm going to say maybe Cairns in a close one. I think obviously with Illy coming back from Melbourne, they might just sort of just be trying to define their roles now with you know Rath and Mays and everything else like that. So I'll say maybe Cairns in a close one. Um, we might go to Kane for the next one. So, you know, we did the Perth one last time, but um, Tassie and Brisbane there, how do you see see that one going? Yeah, Brisbane's fascinating because there's, yeah. they, it's hard to know whether they figured anything out or they just played Illawarra twice. There's probably <laughs> a bit of both because, you know, heading into those two games against Illawarra, they were the worst defense in the league by a mile in terms of uh, how many points per 100 possessions they were giving up. They play Illawarra twice, they blow them out. Now, all of a sudden, they're the second best defense in the league. So that just tells you that, we're still so early in the season that everything is so noisy that it's hard to really make any solid uh, predictions in terms of what might happen at the back end of the season. Uh, but again, I like Tazzy. I like the reliability. On most nights, you know what you're going to get defensively. And as we saw last season, if you're holding the team to that 70, mid-70s, low 80s, most nights you're going to be in the game in the fourth quarter. And that's what the Jack Jumpers have done so far. Yeah, that's a big game for Brisbane as well, guys. Yeah. You know, you know they've won those two against uh, Illawarra back to back. But this is going to be a real test. The, the Adelaide and Wildcats game. Uh, maybe go to you for that one, Woods. How do you see see that one going? Uh, man, you're a Wildcats so, hater. Of course, you're going to say Adelaide. Randall will be back for that game, so I'm going to go Adelaide to win at home. Nice. All right. Well, I'll take us away for the next one. So New Zealand against Sydney. So this should be a really good game, I reckon. Obviously bit of a, a test for Sydney to get on the road and go to New Zealand. We know the New Zealand uh, crowd will be out in force there. So, yeah, I'm going to say New Zealand. Do we know if Walton's completely healthy? He obviously finished the game on the bench last week and was limping a fair bit, so it'll be interesting to see how he pulls up from that. But, yeah, like this game, you could possibly say this is the game of the round, actually. But, yeah, I'll say New Zealand to, to um, get the win there. Hey, no, um, my, kings, my kings are going to spoil it, man. You know, you New Zealand no. has been a great story, whatever, <laughs> right now. Sydney, Sydney's going to go. No, no, so we've got to go to, go to Kane for the we'll go to Kane for the last game. Then the, the Melbourne um, United against South East Melbourne. The throwdown. The throwdown. Yeah, throw How do you see that one going? Yeah, I'm going to be in New Zealand. Actually, I'm going to Breakers and the Kings. So I'm heading Six. over heading yeah. over tomorrow to spend some time with the Breakers before that game. It's going to be pretty fun. But I, I like the Phoenix. Uh, I think this is clearly the best roster they've had since yep. coming into the NBL. Mm-hmm. If you just look at the straight up firepower. And that doesn't always relate to wins. We know they've struggled defensively. But by my count, if I just run through it, so Trey Cal, Gary Brown, Ryan Brokoff, Alan Williams, Joe Chi, Kyle Adden, and Mitch Creek. So there's seven guys that on any given night, if they drop 20 points, I don't think anyone would be surprised. So I don't know if there's another team in the league that's got that. So just in terms of uh, the depth that they have on the roster, it's, it's as good as it's been as I said, since they came into the league. And now we'll see if they can figure it out. But so far, since they've had the bodies back, they haven't lost a game. Yeah, and as you said, um, a guy like Junior Madut, who had the opportunity to play when those guys rolled out, got that valuable experience, right? right? So, you know, come playoff time, if his number's called, he's been there before. So that's only going to bode well for them. They're really deep in that sense as well. We spoke about Dane Pinner. You guys spoke about Dane Pinner on your podcast. Alan Williams is a big fan, as you can see. They're they're covered at all positions. And just to see Ryan Brokoff healthy, um, playing the way he is at the moment, it's really heartwarming for for everyone, I'm sure, as well, right? So, Yeah, he's not a... a 
thing about Ryan Brokoff is that, yeah, he played in the NBA, uh, but he's not. I, I think part of the problem when he came to the league, everyone's like, well, he's a boomer. He's an NBA player. He's going to get you 25 points a night. He's just not that guy, but he's incredibly important for the Phoenix defensively. Uh, everyone at the club says he's more vocal than any other player on the court. And now we're starting to see that, oh, okay, you want to pay attention to Gary Brown and Trey Cal? Fine. Ryan Brockoff is going to hit big shots in big moments, and he's done it two weeks in a row. Yeah, for sure. And nice little story as well. You mentioned yesterday uh, on the jump, Kane is uh, Tommy Vodanovich, you know, playing against the mm. Kings and that re- uh, reuniting there with his old teammates. So that's going to be a nice little interesting storyline there as well. So, yeah. All right, let's jump into some NBA talk before we finish up, guys. So, look, I was going to ask you about the Nash firing, but honestly, it's probably one of the least surprising, you know, coach firings in NBA history. I don't know, you guys have covered it, uh, most of it on the jump last night, Kane. Pretty much every other podcast out there at the moment is talking about it. So I want to take a slightly different angle towards this, right? Matt Barnes, he came out after the whole Udoka incident and said, look, I'm, I'm back in Udoka. Then he, he backfired, you know, he, he, he did an about turn and he basically said, listen, I've talked to people who are really close to the situation. And if you knew what Udoka actually did, you would actually, uh, you'd be appalled. It's a lot worse than any of us think what actually happened behind the scenes. So my thing is, you're throwing, you know, fuel on the fire here, right? Already a dysfunctional team. You want to bring a guy like Udoka in as head coach. Hey, why don't you just trade for James Booknight and sign Josh Primo as well? You know, you might as well make it a trio. You're not doing, um, you know, any justice to the team by bringing a guy like that in. And, and Gaze and Copes were talking about it yesterday about a coach that might actually be able to help this team. And a guy like Quinn Snyder's out there. So why do you think they've gone for Udoka and, and maybe ignored a guy like Quinn Snyder who might have been a positive influence on this lineup, right? I reckon personally, personally, the Udoka thing. I mean, I think Boston may have actually sacked him when all that news went down, but I think they were worried that Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn might reach out and, and get him, which looks like it might be happening now. But, yeah, I think a good call. Someone like Quinn Schneider would be good. But I think, obviously, ultimately, I think the, the players on that team have got all the power, so I think they're going to be the ones deciding. And, I mean, it was pretty funny hearing KD say that he, what did he say he was shocked or something like that about the news. I mean, come on. Like, you know, that was just, it was writing was on the wall there. But, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on that one, Kane? Well, familiarity with the franchise, I guess, would be one reason. Yeah. I, I don't you know, clearly we we just follow the reporting from the US in terms of in terms of everything else. But I think you know, he was an assistant coach with Brooklyn, um, and I assume the players would want him. And I think what we've seen so far is the players are having a pretty heavy influence in what's going on uh, in Brooklyn yeah, recently. But yeah, Quinn, I, I mean, Quinn Snyder was incredibly successful in Utah and they basically just got to a point where the entire franchise franchise was changing direction. It wasn't necessarily, you know, anything that Quinn Snyder did. They had, they had great seasons and they were a regular season juggernaut to be fair. So I would imagine Quinn Snyder will get a job uh, somewhere else pretty quickly. Yeah. And I guess where to for, for, for Brooklyn from now, you know, Um, is is Patty asking for a trade? (laughs) Free Patty. Free <laughs> it might be one of those things, just like, a, you know, obviously they lost their first game. We've got a theory when a new coach comes in, they normally win them. But it yeah. might be it's just a new voice there that they might, you know, someone sort of, you know, fire a little bit like that. And I guess time will tell. They're certainly a fascinating team to watch with all the, the stuff that comes out of there, though. Yeah, they must watch. And, mm. you know, it's so early in the season. If they do bring in a new coach, see who it is, you know, over the next uh, few weeks or whenever that happens, they're so talented. I still think they're a wild card in the East for sure. Like people say, well, they started three and five, or like who cares? 
It's mm. we've just turned it into November. We've got another five months of regular season basketball to play. Yep. No, I agree there. So I guess um, I'm, I, we know you you cover the Bucks and have, have had a lot to do with them over the years, Kane. Robbie and I are lifelong Hawks fans, right? We normally have a segment on this show called Hawks Talk, right? So I thought instead of having Hawks Talk, we'll just get into a few points about our, our Hawks. Uh, I guess at the time of recording, we are 5-3. and three. Uh, Good win today against New York. What about DeJounte today, man? 36 points, 4 rebounds, 9 dimes. They took away one of his steals, bro, so only 5 steals and a block. But, um, yeah, it was nice to see us bring it back in, in, in the second half. But that doesn't sort of, you know, paper over the cracks. We gave up 140 against Toronto the other day. Uh, Clint Capella, I'm still, you know, he, he doesn't seem to be the same, you know, player he was and had that kind of uh, impact on the defensive end. Um, what are your thoughts, Robbie? Well, we were messaging at halftime of the game today, weren't we? Saying, what are the Hawks doing? They're nearly giving up 70 in the first half, and they just came out in the second half and just dominated, didn't they? But you're right about DeJounte Murray. I think he's really almost stepped up this year. He was an all-star last year. I think his three-point percentage is up just to, you know, around 40% now. He was in the very low 30s last year, so he's really improved there. Um, yeah, you're right with Capella. He has been a little bit slow to start. Um, he's all right today. He was a bit better today, so I'm not sure if he's you know, got some sort of little injury or something like that. But, look, I'm not too concerned. It's been a pretty long road trip now. Um, look, I'd like to see Trey's field goal percentage and his consistency you know, improve a little bit there. But I thought there were some really good signs um, against the Bucks on the weekend, actually. I thought that was a really good game there. Um, you know, certainly went down to the wire there. Trey had it all his own way there against a, a great defender in Holiday. But speaking of Holiday, I'm liking our two Holidays uh, there, Woods. They've been really handy off the bat. Definitely. There, so yeah. that's what we sort of need. But... Yeah, that's probably my my thoughts there, I guess. But um, have you seen much of the Hawks this year, Kane? Have you got any, any comments on them? No, not outside of the game against the Bucks, which was high scoring. It sort mm. of came down to the last uh, couple of minutes there. Yeah, it's interesting when you watch games like that one where I think Trey had his 40-plus points or whatever, but he took 32 shots, and it almost felt like the Bucks said, hey, if, if, if we win and Trey Young is hitting those threes from – five feet behind the three-point line, at some point you just have to tip your hat. So it'll be interesting to see, but you know, I thought in previous seasons you play the Hawks and it's like, okay, well, if you stop Trey, you're confident that you can win the game. Now they've got the second ball handler, uh, yeah. another all-star caliber player. It's a fascinating dynamic. So they really, the bar for the Hawks should be not, not playing tournament, top six seed, locking a spot in the postseason. Yep. And getting Bogey back is going to be really good for us. We've, we've okay. heard him commentate on the call yeah. on, on the Hawks. Yeah. He's been terrific, man, to, oh, nice. to listen to on the call these, He's a funny these guy, last few he? games, yeah. man. Yeah, just a we great bet, person. We've better end it with uh, asking Kane about the Bucks there, Woods. So they're the only unbeaten sure. team at the moment. Seven and I believe now. They, they beat Detroit today. But so you're not going to yeah. tell him about double O's dunk, right? Well, yeah, actually, those top five plays on the jump last night, you, know, you showed the Anita combo dunk over the Hawks. And I wanted to see that double O on Yekka, um, you know, dunk – don't tip in that he did, I think, on Giannis there, but I'm not sure if you have much of a say in that top five there. <laughs> yeah, anyway, what have, what are your thoughts been on the Bucks, obviously, so far? No, I didn't have a say in the top five, but if I did have a say, I would have said that this is, you know, as a as a serious basketball show, we can't you know, credibly put up this highlight of the Congo putback <laughs> and when we see the vision and he's got a hand on his shoulder and uses <laughs> him as a boost as an offensive <laughs> foul. So we can't put that in the top five, but no, I... I think, uh, no, he's awesome, by the way. I will say, Kongu, one of the guys in the league that has had you know, some success, no one stops Giannis, 
but has had some success against him. He's actually a guy that we talk about all the time when we play the Hawks, that he is uh, he's a legit defender. So he's he's awesome. But yeah, the Bucks are undefeated. We didn't expect that this was going to be the case. We should say that they've had a six-game homestand. So they were on the road to play Philly, then at home for six games, a couple of games against Detroit. They played the Houston Rockets as well. So it hasn't exactly been a juggernaut of a schedule, but no Chris Milton, no Pat Connaughton. Um, Joe Ingles, obviously, as yep. we know, is on the shelf, and they think that he's going to be a part of the rotation. So they have been sure. shorthanded. Um, but they are by far, if you just look at defensive rating, by far the best defense in the league so far through the season. Brooke Lopez has been unbelievable. Really good. What he's Great to have him back is. after last year as well, you know. He sat out a lot of the season last year, and you, you missed him. So having him back, it's been great, right? Yeah, and he's 34, and he yeah. had serious back surgery. So, yeah, coming into the season, we were asking the question, well, what's he going to look like? Is he about to you know, reach the, the edge of the cliff? But it hasn't been the case, and he's been awesome. So, yeah, I don't think it's been perfect. The offense hasn't been great outside of Giannis getting his 34, 35 a night, but they're 7-0, and 0, so how, how much how much? What are you hearing about Middleton you do? there, Kane? Do you know when Middleton's expected back? Yeah, he's getting really close. He practiced mm-hmm. with the Wisconsin Herd yesterday, so he's back doing okay. contact stuff. Uh, and they, they're running him through scrimmages with the G League team, which typically tells you that he's about two weeks away. So I, I would say the middle of the month, middle of November, he'll be back. Nice. Great to see those old guys, Wesley Matthews, Serge Ibaka, oh, yes. George Hill, you know, rolled out and still contributing this late in their career as well. So, yeah. Yeah, we love the vets. you got to get the yeah. vets. And get the, get the vet. This is an old team. This is an old Milwaukee Bucks team across the board, really. Well, awesome, guys. Thanks so much uh, for your time again, Kane and Robbie. Always great to chop it up with you. I guess before we uh, sign off, you want to go through the regular regular stuff where we can be found, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, um, follow us on Twitter. We're at Throwbacks Hoops. Um, our Instagram page is Throwback Hoops, and email address is Throwback Hoops Podcast at Gmail dot com. So any suggestions? Um, if you want us to wear any specific jerseys or whatever. I should say, Kane, between the two of us, we've probably got over a 1,000 different NBA jerseys there, so a couple more than you've got in your place at the moment. So some random ones, as you see, Blue Edwards. I had a Todd Day one from the Bucks as well. I was considering that over Blue Edwards, so that's going back a little bit there. But, yeah, obviously just wanted to, you know, thank everyone for tuning in. What about Woods? You got any any plugs to sort of finish this off there? Hey, we've got a YouTube handle now as well, which also matches our our Twitter one, at throwbackshoops on YouTube. Um, Patreon, you know, for all our supporters and subscribers, thank you so much. Uh, TikTok, Woody underscore V83. What I do is I showcase some of the jerseys on TikTok. And, um, yeah, so jump maybe, in there. Maybe give that bobblehead a, a bit of a shout out on, on TikTok or something. For like sure, yeah. man, for sure. Um, and Insta as well. I post all the various different bits of memorabilia there. All right, Kane, um, for you, where can people uh, tune in to you and, and, and watch you and et cetera? Looks you know, just just watch the jump on Wednesday nights, eight thirty PM on, on ESPN. That's probably the best thing you can do. Hopefully, people enjoy it, but uh, give us some feedback. We're certainly open to it. And then uh, all my other stuffs on ESPN, ESPN.com.au. And I should say, I don't have a jersey, but I just realised I'm wearing this Santa Clara uh, basketball uh, long sleeve shirt in solidarity with Steve Nash. So <laughs> shout out to Steve. Nice. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Well, we had a lot of fun with you. Thanks again, Kane. Robbie, any final thoughts, bro? No, obviously get out and you know, support the NBL this weekend, get to a game, or of course watch it on ESPN if you're not able to. And um, Yeah, we should tease it. We won't give away the name yet, Woods, but episode 50 next week, we've got a, a current NBL star coming on the show, so really looking forward to that. But yeah, Correct. just want to thank everyone tuning in. It's been absolutely great sort of getting to know Kane and 
and having a chat with him there, so I really enjoyed it. Peace out. Thank you.